Best Friends and Engineer. I'm Libby. And I'm Lexi. And today we have a great episode for you guys all about co-ops while you're in college. Today we spoke with Miranda and she went to University of Cincinnati where she had four co-ops during her undergraduate degree. Um, so much knowledge before she was able to go on and get her, uh, you know, career post-grad. I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that I couldn't believe it. I just didn't even know that there were programs out there that like you had to have X amount of co-ops to be in the program. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. Cause I feel like, again, a lot of people only have one or two internships Yeah. And because a lot of the internships, they focus on hiring those juniors, those, you know, seniors with more you know school experience. So I really liked that Cincinnati was so focused on giving them the resources that were, you know, allowed their students to get that. So I'm really happy we were able to get her insight. Yeah, and I feel like if you're someone who's listening right now and that is of interest to you, like joining an engineering program that makes you do co-ops, I would definitely do some research because, again, I didn't even know that was a thing when I was applying to colleges. I just knew I wanted to go to Miami for a sport. They had engineering, and I was like, fantastic. And But then, like, that bang, that a boom. Easy. <laughs> right? I, but then, like, the work experience is like, yes, we did have a career center, but... I really just kind of like went about that on my own. I And it sounded like at University of Cincinnati, Miranda had a lot of support from her university. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, I think it's helpful to talk about, you know, I think Miami was very helpful in preparing us for these roles, but I had the same experience with like a lot of the job search, search internship search was on, done on my own because I feel yeah. like the career center wasn't focused on engineering roles because Miami is a big business school. They had the farmer's school right. business, you know, that's what they focus on. So I like that we're able to bring that perspective where, you know, sometimes you got to do it on your own and then, you know, but there are these schools that have these stronger programs that help people. Yeah. So um, if, if that sounds interesting to you, definitely keep listening. Um, this episode was packed with so much advice and some cool stories that Miranda shares from her experiences. But before we get into that, Lexi, how has your week been? I feel like I haven't talked to you in so long. I know. Um, it's been good. So I went to Pennsylvania. You've been traveling so, for work a lot. I know. I have been. Work travel episode. Yes. It was funny how it came out when I was literally at O'Hare. I looked I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. I was like, a little selfie. <laughs> the airport lighting is amazing. I was like, perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was good. I was at a facility. Um, so the facility was clean. I was like, thank God. It's like, it was good. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm about to walk into because this was a site that my current company acquired. Um, so we were, you know, I feel like it's always risky with that, with those types mm-hmm. of situations. You know, they do it one way, not according to your company standards, and then you got to come in and right. fix it. But I love, I love doing it. I, you know, I was telling my boss, I was like, if we ever are like looking to acquire any more companies, I would love to be like kind of similar to the audit, audit thing where you go and you mm-hmm. kind of look at the facility. Um, but yeah, it was good. Okay, the King of Prussia Mall is so big. So I hit the mall a little bit. I'm actually wearing the shirt I got from Ritzia. Wait, it's where is tough. this? Um, it's so, I was in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. It's like 30 oh, minutes from I've never heard Philly. Of this place. I know, I know, me neither. I was like doing research before. So it's 30 minutes from Philly. I don't know which way. I didn't do that much research, but like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but the hotel was right next to the mall. So okay. I was like, okay, you know, one, like the second day, I was like, I have nothing, nothing to do. So I'm going to go hit the mall. Um, so yeah, but it was a very pleasant ex- experience. I feel like with my site visits, like in New Jersey, I was middle of nowhere, like 
the only thing that you could eat was McDonald's right there, which is yeah. fine. I mean, I'm not complaining. Like, that's what I had. <laughs> but um, it was just nice to be like, I feel like this area was just more like, there was more civilization around, you know? Yeah. Um, so, wouldn't mind going back. But yeah, Have you ever so been that. To Mall of America? Was it like Mall of America? No. And they kept, um, I have never been there, but they kept referring back to it and they're like, well, we technically have like the bigger square footage because you know the Mall of America has the water park, which I didn't even know that. It was so funny how yeah. they were getting like so defensive about the you know the mall sizes. So they were explaining how they have the mall, the water park, so it doesn't really count. So technically, their mall is bigger because they have more retail square footage. It's like it's okay. Oh. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go to Aritzia. <laughs> it's like Aritzia free people. That's their mall. <laughs> you guys, their mall is bigger. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. So it was so funny. And like the next day after, like the guy, the director on, on that site was like, so did you go? Did you go? Did you go to the mall? Like, like, yes. you go to the mall. Oh, yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. It, yes, it was. So so yeah, but how about your week? How was it? It's been good. Um, oh my gosh. So I was thinking about this before we started recording, so I wanted to think about what update I would bring on this mm-hmm. episode. And I remember in our goals episode, which I think was maybe episode three, um, I mentioned how I wanted to be more financially literate in 2022. And I today got my taxes done. The best day of my life. Best day of the year. (laughs) Um, And this is is such an accomplishment for me because in 2021, um, my parents did not do my taxes for me. So up until 2020, my parents had always just like handled it like, they would be like, the only thing I would have to do, I sound like a spoiled brat. The only thing I'd have to do is like give my parents my W-2s. Like I'd have to be responsible for taking, getting the W-2s from my employer mm-hmm. and giving it to my parents. And then in 2021, they didn't do my taxes and I'm a grown adult. I should have like looked into this and realized, but I didn't realize until like October or November and like I don't know when taxes are actually due. I probably should know that, but it's not. It's way, It's early in the year. It's not October yeah. or November. So I remember like calling the tax lady, being like, in, almost on the verge of tears, and I was like, I didn't know I had to file the taxes, and this is the first time I've done them on my own. Whatever, whatever. We get it sorted out. It was fine. So this year, after the tax lady and I did them together, I told her I was like, in 2022, I'm gonna be on top of them. And I was, I, I did delay Excellent. it for like four weeks, but I finally like got it done and everything. And I just feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders and I'm so proud of myself for being a big girl and doing Excellent. Taxes. You're such a little lady. <laughs> I know, right? A businesswoman. I, a businesswoman, yes. <laughs> just like just Miranda. Go get, your, go get your MBA. <laughs> Literally, my head is exploding right now. <laughs> You're like, I'm just happy to get you know, in jail for tax fraud. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that's so funny. Well, okay, I'll represent all the ladies that do not have their l- financial literacy together because it's okay. I still have my dad. What are you doing? My taxes? <laughs> no? <laughs> now you are. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We're learning along the way as we go. Yes. That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. I know, right? So that has been like, that's when you know you're like peak adulting when that has been like the peak of your week is getting your taxes done. Yes. (laughs) No, I remember actually when I knew you were a real adult is when you were like, I'm going to go to Target and I'm going to get this mop. 
yeah. We You're like, I'm so different episode too. I'm still like, using it, by dang. the way. Ten out of oh, ten perfect. stars. Perfect. We'll we'll tag it in the in the episode notes. In the show notes. Oh my god! Literally, should we put the mop? You guys go buy this mop from Target. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, wait. Actually, speaking of like linking things, so I actually put together a little like Google Doc with all of. For like just for like apparel and travel things like for engineering mm-hmm. so i wanted i wanted to put in our facebook group actually which oh. you can join in our bio so and i made the page color pink and all that perfect stuff. so I, I tagged those zara sweaters that i talked about in our work episode mm-hmm. and so i guess i want to add to it and everything but i don't think we'll put a mop in there but we can put them in the show notes we should put but, a steamer though we talked about a steamer in the episode yeah too. yeah definitely like so a, like I a guess that's a good one. that's a good uh segue if you guys aren't already check out the link in our in the show notes and come join our Facebook group I love someone posted the other day that they were um that their company was hiring and I was like yes, yes. this is the perfect way to use the Facebook group exactly it's for networking I was so excited yeah and speaking of that actually I'm like giving all these spoilers so I put together um a spreadsheet also for like people to put their name like their contact info it could be personal or maybe the company one I feel like people wouldn't mm-hmm. really want to give their co- the company contact info out but yeah. it's like in case people want to ask for like industry advice like I have my email and then I'm like oh I'm in the med device industry if you want to reach out like for resume help or like just to talk about it in general feel free to reach out so I wanted to put that also I don't know when I was going to post it I was going to post it like after we talked about like a more work yeah. but I mean now I've kind of spoiled it so maybe we'll we'll post both of them together but yeah, I was thinking I to put that together and then m- maybe like um, another spreadsheet where people can list those internship links, just like Miranda talked, spoiler alert, in our episode about her company's program. So we got yeah. some things coming. We're keeping busy and making all these little yeah. spreadsheets. But That's perfect because, and I could see that some of those spreadsheets being used by people who, if they, for example... Power generation. If you are applying to a company within the power generation industry and you see my name on this list, you can totally send me your resume or well, ask nicely. Well, that's the one thing I would ask. <laughs> ask me nicely and you can send you the resume to me and I can totally help you with any advice that I have. But um, that's great. Speaking of forms, I, I don't think we've talked about it in a few weeks, few weeks but we do have um, a job tracker, an internship tracker, and um, a class scheduling tracker that's for free. It's in our, sh- it's, they're always in our show notes. Um, and all you have to do is fill out our Google form and you will get those trackers. So if you guys haven't done that yet or haven't used the trackers yet, please do so because they're color coded and they're so pretty. <laughs> they're pink. They're pink. <laughs> um, and then speaking of that, we can um, kind of segue into like, right after we talk about that, we usually read our reviews, but this time we have something a little different. Um, so we posted on the Instagram story, um, kind of asking you guys how the show and podcast has helped you guys so far, so we can read maybe one of one each that we've Sounds gotten good. so far. Um, so, all right, I can read one. Laura Penny thirty four said that the show has helped her, or the podcast. I keep calling it a show, but the it podcast is a show. Is- <laughs> the podcast has helped her not feel intimidated in her engineering graduate program, which I love to hear. I feel like it's very easy in you know day to day life in person. People just seem so confident, and I just like that we talk about the imposter syndrome aspect. So like all we have all of these super qualified, super experienced people come and talk. And I just you know I like to hear their side of like stories of where they haven't felt too confident because I'm like you 
have your life together. And they do, but it's yeah. important to talk about that as well, you know. Definitely. Um, and also another little self promo. Um, we are doing a hundred dollar visa $100 Visa gift card giveaway. Sorry, that was a tongue twister. Um, once we reach 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we also read out the Apple Podcast reviews if um, you're a new listener. But going off of the responses we got on our Instagram, which if you don't follow us, follow us at my best friends and engineer. Tristan G says, uh, this podcast has helped me be more confident at my first engineering job and motivated me to study for the FE. We love to hear it. That's awesome. Um, the FE can be intimidating, but listen to our podcast with Chloe all about the PE and you'll see that you if, if we can do it, you can do it. So yes. you got this. Sending you all the Definitely. motivation. Yeah, let us know how it goes. Yeah, good luck. Okay, without further ado, should we get into the episode with Miranda? All right, welcome back to my best friends and engineer. Today we have Miranda. Would you like to give our listeners an intro and an introduction? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Miranda Staub. Um, I have a degree in chemical engineering from the University of Cincinnati. Um, I actually also have an MBA also from the University of Cincinnati through the Accelerated Engineering Degree Program. Um, and I did four co-ops while I was at UC, and now I work for the Clorox company. That is awesome. I always think it's, I can't believe that you've had four co-ops. Like, I think that's so impressive. Um, and we're totally going to get into all that. But um, question, you mentioned you have your MBA and you got it through the accelerated um, engineering program. So did you do that while, like right after your undergrad? Or did you get a little bit more work experience and then come back and do your MBA? Yeah, so I did neither. Um, I worked on them at the same time, and oh. I actually, the graduation <laughs> weekend was set up, I technically graduated with my MBA um, before I got my undergraduate degree, but that's just because the master's ceremony was on Friday, and the undergraduate ceremony was on Saturday. Oh my gosh, Ooh, that's so Very cool. nice. I love a fellow chemical engineer. Um, can you talk more about why you chose chemical engineering? Were you deciding between any other types of engineering or were you set on chemical from the beginning? Um, a strong aversion to physics was really the main reason why I <laughs> chemical engineering. Uh, Same, I, right? <laughs> I've changed it, but at the time, the Cincinnati chemical engineering curriculum did not require a single physics course. Um, you do have to take uh. physics now, so I don't want to have any false advertising for people. <laughs> um, but when I went through, I didn't have to take any physics. I actually went in my first semester undecided engineering um, kind of explored what I wanted, um, which was an interesting experience to just kind of go in knowing I was in the College of Engineering, but not where. Um, but I liked how broad chemical engineering was. Um, I think probably similar to what you had mentioned on an earlier episode, I loved the idea of working in cosmetics um, or like going into a store and seeing the things that I had worked on on the shelves. So jealous that you didn't have to take physics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, you said you went in um, kind of undecided engineering. So at the University of Cincinnati, do you have to apply for the College of Engineering and wait to be accepted? No. So like I was, um, I put on my application like undecided engineering. They have a program that you're allowed to kind of be undecided for. I think it's like two semesters. Um, then you have to like apply to be in. I think they also use it as like a buffer if you're not 
quite strong enough to get into one of the majors they kind of put good enough to be in the college they kind of put you in this buffer place or it's people who choose to be there um so that was definitely interesting as well as there were some people like our advisor would come in and be like you have to work really really hard to make sure you get in your major and I was like what um so that was a little terrifying but um yeah, so it was good because they brought in students that were from all majors, professors from all majors to our uh, learning communities, which is like groups of freshman students that meet twice a week, um, just to kind of acclimate you to the college experience. So um, really was able to be thoughtful about my choice. I had chemical engineering as my number one, and I don't remember anywhere else that I put on that application because I ended up in my number one choice. Awesome. Can you speak a little bit more about what motivated you to do your MBA program? Yeah, um, actually pretty solely motivated by my dad. Um, He has a pharmacy degree and then a business degree as well. And he, um, as he likes to put it, he knows enough to be dangerous about pharmacy and about like the medical world, but really solves kind of supply chain and logistics problems. And so that's kind of exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to know just enough to be dangerous in like a chemical engineering space. Um, But I really wanted to work on more of those like logistics and like supply chain type of problems. Um, I love what I do now, which is great. And it also allowed me to be a little bit more broad. So I have a little bit bigger pick of what I could work on and the kinds of problems I have to solve. Um, I know a lot of people say engineering school really teaches you how to solve problems. And so I'm really kind Mm -hmm. of putting that to the test with what I do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm, I, I want to get into your, uh, co-op experience. I know you've had four co-ops and, um, I'm, I'm curious to know, how did you kind of know that co-ops were a thing or that you could get work experience by doing co-op? Was it just from looking up, um, you know, opportunities on LinkedIn or, or another job platform? Because and I asked this because I didn't even know that co-ops really were a thing, Um, until one of the people in our Theta Tau family encouraged me to look for one. So can you kind of talk about how you found your very first co-op? Yeah, so that was part of the reason I picked Cincinnati. Um, When I was doing college tours, I was at another university that talked about co-op optional type of environment where you can, your degree structure is somewhat flexible. You can kind of plug in work experience here and there. It was like a women in engineering day hosted by a university as a recruitment tool that was talking about this. Um, then I went in towards Cincinnati and they were like, we're co-op mandatory in the to- engineering program. So um, what that means is every engineering student has to have a minimum of three co-op experiences and they qualify wow. that as um, full time. So you have to work 40 hours a week. It has to be degree relevant and they have to pay you. They will not accept it as a co-op experience if you aren't getting paid, which is really nice. Um, it's a big selling point for the university because they can say, you know, we cost this much money, but most students in the college of engineering can kind of bring that down from their co-op incomes and that kind of thing. Um, so I knew that going into my college search that I wanted a school that would provide me that work experience. Um, And it was nice also from a student environment because I was able to like have a semester. I was like, oh man, I really don't like all this homework. I don't like all this studying. And then like the next semester I'd be like working and I'd be like, get to the end of that semester and be like, man, I'm really sick of this like eight to five kind of environment and go back to more flexible classes. Um, So most people do five because that's what your degree is set up for is actually five co-ops. Yeah. Um, But because I worked on my MBA, I took one semester where I took just a full load of MBA classes and didn't do a co-op. That's kind of nice how you got to, like you said, switch back and forth between doing the homework, but then like also being in the nine to five environment. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. Um, so, but then just to kind of touch on, like, how I specifically got my co-ops, because it is mandatory, the, like, career um, fair, there's, like, a career office, like, that whole arm of the university is really well developed. Um, the engineering student government group puts on an absolutely ginormous career fair every fall. Um, while I was at school, we outgrew our gym, and now they have, like, annex buildings for their career fair, so there is more than one building with booths wow. of that come in. Um, and then they're really open to, as long as it fits those three criteria, you're working full time, it's degree relevant, and they're paying you, any company would qualify. So I would also look like I applied to work at a brewery in Colorado one summer that didn't work out. But like, I was really like, any experience is open to me as long as it fits those three criteria. That's awesome. Going off of that, I was going to ask, so since these co-ops are mandatory, have you, you know, had any, um, you know, other students, have you noticed anyone having trouble getting these co-ops or maybe kind of difficulty making it relevant to their um, major and like did the school kind of push back on anyone? Um, so most of the people in my degree program, so my class of chemical engineering students was only about 85 students, like my year that I graduated. Um, everyone pretty much was able to find at least enough co-ops to get through three. Uh, most of the companies that work with the university have a strong partnership where they know that you're on this kind of like structured every other semester program. And so they'll like invite you back if they really like you. And so some of my friends did five co-ops at the same company. They, they didn't look anywhere else. They loved what they were doing and they just stayed there. Um, I bounced around a little bit more, but uh, between that, the partnerships we have with existing companies and the career fair, um, and then you can also do undergraduate research and that counts as a co-op if you really know like, hey, I want to use my engineering degree to go into academia. Um, they count that as a co-op. So there's a lot of different opportunities for people. And I didn't know in that I knew struggled too much to find a job. That's good to hear. <laughs> for your, so for your first co-op, did you work with a company that was familiar with your school you know, they knew that all the engineering students were on this path and had to do these co-ops or what was that like? Because I know that our listeners who are maybe freshmen or sophomore in college, um, some of them may feel, oh, I, I don't have enough experience or I, I haven't done enough classwork yet to feel like I can contribute to a company. Um, so was it, you know, kind of interesting to acclimate to that environment uh, for your first uh, experience? Yeah, so my first two co-op experiences were actually in the aviation industry, um, which targets, you know, more the mechanical aerospace type of degrees. Um, so I was working in environment health and safety for the manufacturing environments there. So intimately familiar with OSHA and EPA regulations in those jobs. Um, and the company like was very close to campus. So I actually still lived in my campus housing and just drove myself to work. They were very close to um, Cincinnati. So I was able to like still have the student life, but also be working. Um, but because they're so geographically close, they're very familiar with um, the co-op program. They attend, I think they had like 15 different co-ops across the company. So a big internship program at this company. They knew wow. exactly what kind of boat we were in. Um, the manager that I had kind of just cycles through co-ops. So like one left and then I showed up three weeks later kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so they had projects carved out they really like they were like oh you're a first time like they held my hand through like here's how we're going to approach things here's how you use the like um, scheduling assistant in Outlook when you schedule send an email with a meeting on it um, really kind of showed me the ropes which I'm so thankful for because I was able to show up 
you know, my first day and my full-time job and have all of these skills and know how to work in a corporate engineering type of environment. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Cause I know, I feel like with these internship programs, they're not set up to focus on, you know, interns too much. So it's nice to hear that they had these projects set up. Um, cause I know from personal experience, you know, there were some times where they're like, Oh, we have nothing for the intern to do. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask, so you talked about, you know, bouncing back and forth between school and working. Did you ever experience like a struggle with getting back into the school mindset after working full time? Or maybe um, even working after, you know, a good semester at school. I feel like it's not that hard to transition away from school, but. I mean, not, not really. I don't know. It's like the, the hardest part for me was the feeling like I never got a break. So like, especially during the summers, like seeing all my friends who weren't studying engineering or didn't go to UC and weren't like, cause I was year round. Um, we had like three semesters, which technically they're trimesters, but they still call them semesters. So um, kind of focusing in on the other people who were kind of in it with me made it a little bit easier. And, you know, my um, boyfriend at the time, but now husband was also studying engineering at UC. That's why there's so much going on behind me. Um, but like, having other people who are on the same kind of like every other semester schedule made it a lot easier. So it was a little bit more of a like FOMO situation, like feeling like, oh, like I, I'm seeing people going and doing these cool experiences in the summer or man, they get to sleep in and I have to wake up to go to an 8 a.m. organic chemistry lecture um, in the middle of July. Like that kind of thing was a lot harder than kind of transitioning the mindset between work and school. So we're all, so maybe this is a false statement. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were all of your co-op experiences near your school um, or did you ever have to relocate for any of them? So all of, well, three of the four of mine were close to school. Um, a lot of my friends did move around the country for different co-ops. I didn't quite have that experience. My very last co-op experience was actually not even in this country. Um, I actually worked outside of London in the United Kingdom for a semester. Um, and my, again, partner, but boyfriend at the time, now husband was working in Germany. Um, so we were both in Europe for a summer. So that was, that was really cool. That made me feel a lot That's more like, awesome. okay, all these summers of FOMO is like paying off. Um, I'm living where I have dreamed of living and working for a really cool company. So um, that wasn't quite like moving for a co-op because it felt more like a study abroad, except that I'm mm -hmm. working. Did the company pay for your like living space situation? Yeah, that one was definitely um, a mark of privilege. I'll say that much because um, it was truly more like a study abroad. So that was a pay in situation with our visa. We weren't allowed to be paid. Um, I actually lived right near King's Cross. That was my home tube station. So saw a lot of tourists at the platform nine and three quarters um, deal. But I worked in um, Dartford, which is actually Mick Jagger's hometown. Um, and it was an hour and a half commute. So I was only working four days a week because I was commuting for three hours a day. Um, but that oh, wow. made the weekends really easy. So because of that long commute, they didn't pay me, but they offset my transportation card so they paid for my train pass which was also my tube card um so I got paid like 300 pounds a month but it went straight into my transportation costs so since they didn't weren't able to pay you did you have to go through special approval through Cincinnati since one of the requirements was that you you know had a paid co-op 
Yeah, so this was actually a program, like, sponsored by the university. So um, they had had for a while these international language immersion experiences that my husband went through. They had one in Germany and one in Japan. Um, and the semester that I went to London, they were launching these one semester. So he was there for eight months. I was only in London for five. Um, they were launching these one semester experiences in English speaking international locations. So they had one in Singapore, they had us in London, they had something in Australia. So they had all these different English speaking international locations. Um, and so it was actually an application process. So unlike a job interview, I had to write application essays that went into the Office of Experiential Learning, the co-op office, and they selected from these applicants, like eight of us to go abroad, um, <clears throat> held our hands through the whole visa process. And then that was a totally different experience because we were working with a company and so I talked with an advisor who was based in London and she placed me with an internship. Um, I didn't, I did kind of interview, but it was more like, hey, this is probably already happening. Like, are we good? That was more of like a placement situation rather than a true interview. That's awesome. London is beautiful. I love London. Um, I, I, wanted, I wanted to ask, what is, did you notice any differences or like what were the main differences between working in the US versus working in the UK? Yeah, um, the first thing that was really different was the work-life balance. They had a whiteboard in the office that had everyone's vacation time. Um, I was basically working at a startup. I was the ninth employee, so it was very, very small. And so I witnessed a few conversations where the company owner would be like, so-and-so, what are you doing? Like, you don't have any vacation on here for the next six weeks. you got to pick some time off, um, which is totally different from the U.S. where they're like, what do you mean you're taking time off? Um, and then the work days were a little bit shorter as well. They were totally cool with me working four days a week. Um, they encouraged a full hour for lunch, which was totally foreign. I eat at my desk now um, more days than I'm proud to admit. Um, that was kind of the main thing. And then really the biggest differences for me were more working in a startup type environment versus all of my US-based experience had been Fortune 500 corporations. So like really large organizations. So it was really that small experience. Um, I was part of the manufacturing team. Like they did it all in house. Like whenever I was bored, I was like, go make some product um, out on the floor. So that type cool. of experience is the biggest difference. Kind of transitioning into your different experiences with these co-ops, can you speak a little bit more towards the differences and responsibilities that you noticed um, between each co-op? And then uh, kind of a side question to that is, did your responsibilities get more advanced as you got more experience? Yeah, so my first two experiences were, like I said, in aviation, doing environment, health and safety, OSHA, EPA type of work. Um, between my first co-op and my second co-op, there was definitely an escalation of responsibility. So I was placed at a much bigger manufacturing facility my second go around. Um, the types of projects that I were, was given were a lot bigger, and that was a more industrial hygiene-focused rotation the second time around. Um, so I was doing things like taking hearing samples for OSHA-like hearing protection regulations. I was tracking down every single hazardous chemical on this, I think it was like five acres under roof building. Um, so oh huge gosh. type of manufacturing scale. Um, and then I actually worked in cosmetics for a semester at a large hair care facility. So they made like shampoo and conditioner and other treatment products for your hair. Um, and that definitely was where I saw the biggest escalation in responsibility. So I sat down with my manager and she was like, so this packaging line hasn't been performing 
we don't really know why. Like, I need you to go and sift through all of the downtime data, and then I need you to fix it. So, like, by the end of the semester, I want you to have improved the uptime on this packaging line by 15%. Um, so that was really self-driven versus all the projects I'd had before. Where, like, I need you to do this, and I need you to do it A, B, C, D. Like, fully laid it out for me. This was, like, you go figure it out. Um, so that was really good preparation for the working world, where now it's, like, I get a problem and not a solution. Um, and then my last experience was, again, my favorite because I was in the UK, um, but mm -hmm. it was also different because the company was so small. So I actually designed, they were launching, um, so I worked in baby feeding, um, so they were launching a steam sterilizer and a breast pump, and I worked in market research for those two things, which was great, started to leverage my MBA, and then I designed their quality assurance program from the ground up for both of those two products. So um, that was definitely the most, like manager hands off, you go figure it out. But I felt really prepared because I had already had three full semesters of experiences up till then. That's awesome that you were able to get such a variety. Like you said, chemical engineering, I feel like is a very broad degree. So you can apply it to so many different industries. Um, so for the last intern or not internship co-op in the UK, you mentioned that you were able to leverage some of your MBA um, schooling did you do you feel like you were able to get that position because of your MBA and or in general with these other co-ops were you able to kind of um, speak more about it during these interviews and application processes? Yeah so I really focused my first three years of classes on my undergraduate degree. I didn't really start taking MBA courses until like my third fourth ish year of school. Um, so in the previous experiences I didn't really have like a lot of educational background that I was ready to leverage. Um, and the experience in the in the UK was really they hired me to design these or they they asked for an intern to design these quality things. So my primary role was in quality engineering. Um, and then I got there and then I was like, oh, I'm you know working on this degree as well. And they're like, oh, well, do you want to kind of take on these projects? So it was really just a nature of the business being so small. So they had a marketing person and she was working on it. But I was because the business was so small, I was able to kind of like you know, what in a big company would be cross-functional work. It was really just like working as a team in such a small environment. That's cool. Um, so with your, uh, you know, four different co-ops that you've had, that's pretty large quantity. I feel like usually when I'm talking to engineering students or people with their engineering degrees, it's only one or two. And I feel like four is so impressive and amazing. And for someone who is listening, who maybe is getting ready for their first co-op or they're in the midst of a co-op, um, can you give some advice on what are ways that you can make like a, a good lasting impression on the company? Because I feel like co-op or internship, you're with the company for such a short period of time. So what, what advice would you give to someone who's like trying to leave a good impression? Yeah, I would say if you're kind of, you haven't started yet, but you're staring down the barrel of an internship, which I think this season, I feel like a lot of people are going into summer. Um, don't stress too much about it. Um, my very first day at my very first co-op, I showed up in like a full like business, like basically what I interviewed in, which was like way too nice. Um, and yeah. it's totally <laughs> the first day was just like, I didn't even go to my site the first day. I went to like the main headquarters and didn't meet my manager until day two. So like truly no one saw me way overdressed. Um, but just don't, I wouldn't stress too much about it. You're, they, they know you're new. They know you don't have things to learn, that you have things to learn. You will grow a lot over the experience. Um, 
I would also say to just like be a little bit humble. This is definitely a little different if you've done internships before um, or if you've done internships and now you're looking to start your full-time job. I know we didn't really touch on your GPA, but I want to bring up this question because this is kind of an experience I had, but the person is asking, um, you know, they have a low GPA, they already have one co-op under their belt and they want to know how to land the next summer internship. And I kind of was in the same situation where I had a lower GPA, I already had one co-op and I personally just reached back out to my employer that I had the co-op with and they invited me back. But um, Miranda, what would your advice be to this listener? Yeah. um, So to that listener, I would definitely say lead with your co-op experience. If you're going to like a career fair, if you're talking to someone on LinkedIn, um, pick your neediest project at work or the most relevant experience that would work for those typical interview behavioral questions and go for that. Um, that'll definitely kind of set you apart from students who don't have that work experience already. Um, the next thing that I would say is when you're choosing companies that you might want to work for, um, big corporations tend to have, and they'll put it in their job posting, but they tend to have a GPA threshold that anything below that is kind of a non-starter for hiring. So if you're looking at big companies, like make sure you know what that threshold is and that your GPA is at or above that threshold. Um, if it's not, that's it's not a huge deal. There are plenty of very successful engineers out there who did not so great in school. Um, just target smaller companies. I would say they tend to be a little bit more flexible with your GPA and will um, want you to kind of come in and get the experience and they don't have that kind of policy hard cut off. That's good advice to leave with the experience because definitely if you're going up against another student who might have a better GPA but not the experience yet, that could definitely set you apart. So this listener asked for advice um, for summer internships while in grad school. So I know that we kind of touched on you not um, during school and working at the same time, but do you have any tips that you might uh, rec- like have for people who might be in school at the same time, like anything you noticed that maybe helped other people at, during the MBA program while they were working their full-time roles? Yeah, I would just say probably primarily give yourself a lot of grace. So that's a lot of things to take on at once. It's not experience that I have, but I have friends at work who are working on MBAs right now. And then I was in classes with people who were working full time and getting their degree. Um, I would say it's probably going to be a little bit harder if you're getting that kind of very technical degree, like a MEng or a master's of science in an engineering discipline, but not impossible. Um, So I would say definitely be patient with yourself. Um, Look for an internship or co-op experience that caters to students. I know if you're going super technical, I've seen companies that are specifically hiring like PhD or master's students in like very technical disciplines to work on things. There's there's opportunities out there to find something that you're interested in in a workplace that would be understanding of your situation. So I think a lot of internships and co-ops is just being choiceful about the opportunities that you choose to pursue. So if you know like, oh, I don't want to move geographically, then rule out companies. Like if you're in Ohio and you want to work for, you know, a company based in Silicon Valley, like maybe let that dream go until you're ready to move to the Bay Area. Um, but, But yeah, so just be choiceful about the places that you choose to pursue opportunities at and you'll find something that fits. Um, another question that we got from one of our listeners was they were looking for advice on how to make themselves feel more useful when you feel like you don't know how to be helpful. 
So um, maybe you could speak a little bit more toward like your very first co-op experience. Like if this ever happened to you, what advice would you give to the student? Yeah, um, my very first co-op experience, I am pretty sure that my manager thought that I was like Velcroed to his side um, because <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and so I just followed him around all day, like for better or worse, until, he, like, shadow. Gave me yeah, until he gave me something to do on my own. Um, but it offered me some really cool experiences. So like he was the head environment health and safety person at that site. And so um, someone got injured like three weeks into my internship and like I got to respond with him to that injury, ask all the follow-up questions, like help get that person the medical attention they needed. So that kind of experience is something that I wouldn't have had if I had been like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go off on my own. Um, other experiences in my first co-op that were really cool that were fruitful because I just followed this poor guy around um, was we have to do, or most sites have to do like when it rains, if once a quarter, when it rains, you have to go outside and there's like a list of questions from the EPA that you have to answer. It's like, are you draining to the right places? Is anyone's car leaking? Like hmm. very weird questions. So every time it rained, if I wasn't already with my manager, he would pop up in my cubicle and be like, we're going outside. It's raining. Oh my um, gosh. And so <laughs> Yeah. he was very excited about it every time it rained he's like this is my favorite part of the job I'm like okay um or we'd go up on the roof so just there are cool experiences that can be had if you just kind of follow someone around for a while um and you'll kind of cipher out like what they do that you like and what they do that you don't like and you don't have to tell them what you don't like but you can be like I think it's really cool when you do this can I take it over from you um or I would love to leave this meeting that you lead every week do you mind if I do it next week so just um, follow them around for a while and like build a relationship, but then like, don't be afraid to ask to maybe take something off their plate. I think it's so funny what you said about the roof, because my first co-op, my manager loved, he loved to go on the roof and he would just point out all the different like HVAC systems up there <laughs> and quiz me on the stuff on the roof. I think we went on the roof like twice a week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. My second internship experience, I was um, tasked with putting in like a confined space technology that had to work from the roof. So um, I was working at this big campus for this company. And I think there's like 20 buildings there. And I went on every single roof. Wow. Um, one of them had skylights and someone had clearly been up there painting. This was just a bananas experience because I'm walking down this row of skylights and someone had spray painted, help me on them. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> You're like, am I alone um, here? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I wasn't allowed to go up on the roof by myself as an intern, so no, I wasn't alone. Yeah. But I was with a contractor for this system, and I was like, "Oh, let's turn around so you don't see help yeah. me written on this building." Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, one thing I just realized that we didn't really touch on is how long did it take you with all these four co-ops? How long did it um, like is the pro undergraduate program at University of Cincinnati? Yeah, it's a planned five years. So when I started as a freshman, I knew I was going to be there for five years, okay. um, which was also another like FOMO moment when I got to like my then my fourth year and all the people I went to high school with were like, I'm done. And I was like, mm. um, but it's so cultural. It's so cultural at Cincinnati. So it's uh, planned five if you're in engineering uh, or design. Um, they have a pretty big design school for like fashion design, industrial design. Um, so there's two colleges at this university that are all there for a planned five. Um, and then most of the business students opt into a co-op. So most of the business school is there for five years as well. So 
It is not uncommon to be a fifth year. It's just a little weird when you go to people who aren't familiar with Cincinnati and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a fifth year. And they're like, oh, victory lap. And I'm like, no, like I knew as a freshman that I would be here for five years. Um, So I had one last question um, that wasn't, you know, from our listeners. Um, And you mentioned, you know, you have hired people. I was just curious what you look for in qualified candidates for these roles. And if you have any advice for people that might be interviewing for internships, I'm not sure what you hire for if it's internships or full-time roles, but just any advice in general. Yeah, um, I've interviewed for both internships and full-time roles. When I interview for full-time, I'm primarily interviewing for the rotational program that I started at Clorox with. Um, So would be very weird if I, but not out of the ordinary, if I actually interviewed someone who's listening to your podcast right now. Um, so hello to future I guess. Um, but typically I look for um, someone who is kind of willing to get their hands dirty. Um, I prefer someone who like when I talk to them says like, hey, like I'm interested in manufacturing or I'm interested in consumer packaged goods. Um, I've interviewed candidates in the past who just more a fit for their career perspective. They're like, you know, like I really want to work on in-depth design or I really want to work on, like I've interviewed electrical engineering candidates who really want to do software development. Like, yeah, you're not going to find that at Clorox. So um, someone who understands kind of the, even if they don't fully understand what we do to make bleach and all the other products that Clorox makes, like Hidden Valley Ranch, um, you like know kind of what it means to make consumer packaged goods. Um, From like an experience perspective, I don't actually have a template when I interview people, but the behavioral question that I always use is a conflict-based one. So um, I look for someone who has a strong example of when they were in conflict and how they overcame that to success. So, and I don't want you to say, hey, like I was in conflict and instead of working it out, I shouldered all the responsibility and muscled through on my own. Like I want to see that collaboration. Um, Because that's really what the corporate environment is, is working with other people and you have to work with difficult people sometimes. Um, So I just, I'm I'm looking for transferable skills and an alignment and interest primarily. That's interesting what you say about uh, like taking on that question as you are working with a team, because I could totally see a candidate thinking that an employer future employers asking that question to see if they will like strong arm the situation and try to solve it on their own yeah yeah I feel like that's such a difference in academia versus in like the corporate environment um like if you have a group project and someone's not performing it's not uncommon to just kind of take on that full weight of the group project and just get to the end and hope for the Mm -hmm. best um but in the corporate environment that's totally not what we're looking for Awesome. I know we talked about this offline a little bit, but do you want to plug Clorox's internship program and kind of tell our listeners what you're looking for? Yeah. So like I said, the Clorox internship program is six months long. So because of that, we hire for June start dates or January start dates. Um, That's it. It's pretty inflexible on the start date. Um, And then we kind of have three pathways. So for engineering, that really kind of puts you into two. We have like a pathway for students who are studying business. Um, but you can either work in one of our manufacturing plants or in the corporate offices in engineering. Um, and that is really project-based if you're in the corporate offices and really like whatever the plant throws at you if you go into manufacturing. Um, as far as like locations, we do usually look for people who are geographically flexible, especially in manufacturing. Um, for those of you not familiar with Clorox, so yeah, you know us for bleach and we make that here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, We have a plethora of other cleaning brands as well, but we also make Burt's Bees, 
Hidden Valley Ranch, we make Brita, um, Kingsford charcoal, and we have three different brands of kitty litter. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Um, the Clorox has a lot more things than you would think that they have. And so those uh, made for our plants are spread all over the country. So we could send you to come down and join me in Atlanta. We could send you to California. We have a plant outside of Chicago. Um, we have something in Maryland. We have stuff in Nevada. So really like we're all over the place, um, but it's a great experience. You will never, ever be bored. Um, if you join us full time, that's one of the benefits is we have all these different projects and all these different products. Um, and so like I've worked on cleaning, I've worked on glad I've worked in food. So there's lots of different opportunities and lots of different supply chains and products that you can work on. I did not know you did birds bees. Yeah. Yeah. Based in North Carolina. So yeah, they have, they wow. moved, moved Bert's house. So like the hut that Bert lived in, they put it on property so you can go and tour where Bert lived. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Ooh, that's so cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, um, uh, Miranda, the last question that we always ask our guests on this podcast is knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this is really personal, uh, but I would say, like, girl, just pick a major. Like, don't go into college undecided engineering. Um, just simply because, like, the friends that I made my first year were all also undecided engineering. And so we went in 500 different directions after we all landed in our majors. Um, so it would have been just a slightly easier college experience if I had picked literally any other. Like, I could have said mechanical and then later decided I didn't like it. Um, it just would have been a little bit easier to have people who knew what engineering they were going for first. All right. Well, I think that's all we have. Thank you so much, Miranda, for coming on the podcast. I know our listeners are just going to love this episode. And I think it was packed with so much good advice and information regarding internships and co-ops while you're in college. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I'm ready to eat. So I don't really have much to say on this outro. Perfect. We can start with that. That's the start of the outro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I'm also about to go to dinner. So maybe we'll, we can talk about it next episode, how our dinners were. Because you're cooking yeah. yours. Your little yeah. HelloFresh action. A L- little bit of action. Little Look little at you doing your taxes. You're cooking. My God. I know. Um, every time I cook in our kitchen, it reminds me of, did you ever play the Nintendo game Cooking Mama? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I had yes! all the different versions. <laughs> and I remember when you used to stir and it made that noise that was like. ASMR. ASMR. When you chopped, it was like. <laughs> that's how exactly I feel when like I make HelloFresh because all the ingredients are laid out I have a little uh, HelloFresh would sponsor this podcast because we could talk about right because we talked about we we did it junior year well my junior year your senior year yeah remember we were like shoving it up in October remember when you used to take uh, the first bite at the same time we'd be like three, two, one take a bite like, it is would, it good is it-, it would blow our minds every time every time though we were just so i think we were just so easily impressed plus we also had no food options in oxford which i can't wait to see tomorrow i think we're just sleep deprived too and we were like 100 studying so much we take the first bite and be like oh this is so good (laughs) we're like thank god real food we're like it's not like chipotle which is literally the only fast food it was like mcdonald's chipotle and jimmy john's and jimmy john's okay where we actually spoiled we actually had like 
I know. We actually had five. Look at us. And Duncan. Yeah, Duncan, you had to drive, too. That was yeah. too much work. But but anyway, <laughs> uh, that was such a good episode with Miranda. Um, and, you know, this is just another, like, having Miranda on the podcast is just another great example of what we're trying to do with this platform. Because, seriously, I wouldn't, I, I had no idea that there were programs out there like that that made you do co-ops which sets you up even better to get a job after graduation, which, you know, that's what we're all trying to do here. I, I didn't even know that that stuff existed. Definitely. And I didn't know co-ops existed until you said, I'm going to go to a co-op. Yeah. Which had a, yeah. And I was like, what is that? I was like, I was thinking like a, like a chicken coop. Like I read your text and I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> chicken coop I was like oh okay gosh. I was like awesome yay and then I like realized I was like, <laughs> I was like okay I'll support you in whatever your endeavors are I was like oh, give me some eggs though so cool. <laughs> I was like oh we're gonna get free breakfast and scrambled eggs <laughs> that's why I asked her I was like well I guess this in hindsight this was kind of a dumb question but that's why I asked her like how did you find out about co-ops because mm-hmm. I mean I, they had the program there you go and you can listen back for her answer but because I didn't know about co-ops until Julie literally did a co-op and she was like yeah you should do this and I was like no idea what this is definitely and then I found out what co-ops were through you so like this Theta Ta pulling through we're just we're talking so much about Theta Ta (laughs) we do um so hopefully this episode was helpful to you and side note, if you do have any follow-up questions for us, because I know we didn't touch like everything there is about internships or co-ops, just send us a DM or email us. Um, both our email and um, our Instagram handle are in the show notes, and we can do our best to help give you more advice. Um, again, if there's just anything we didn't touch. Definitely. Or we could just talk about it in a different episode if it's if our answer's too long. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, um, thank you guys so much for listening and be sure if you liked this podcast, leave a, leave us a five-star review. Um, leave us a rating on Apple podcasts. That really, really helps us, um, land on a, on some chart on Apple podcasts. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the charts are. We're still new into this podcast mm-hmm. thing, but it helps us and hopefully it can help push the podcast out to more young women who need something like this in their lives. Yes. Well, without further ado, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Libby Beyond the Label. And Lexi, where can our listeners find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Engineer Lexi. I was uh I was editing the podcast this week where I so confidently say that you can find me at my best friends and engineer. And as I was editing it, I just started laughing because I was so confident. I, I hope like, you kept it in there. Where I am. This yeah, is, did you keep it in? This is me. I kept it in. Yeah. Okay, had perfect. To. Good. We had to. I think it, it gives us our little charm that we It does. We're such charming ladies. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes. We try. Well you guys can find um, the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at my best friends and engineer and on youtube at bfp podcast fantastic another episode down um you know the drill let's close it out oh god okay i'm lexi and i'm libby and and thanks for listening to my my best best friends friends and engineer nice nice
Nice. <laughs>